Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when it comes to the show. What's up? And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Always Press DFS. We'll be with you this week to preview the Sony Open over at the Wiley Country Club on Maui. So this will be a lot, or Honolulu, actually. They moved from Maui to Honolulu this weekend. Correct. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick and my co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, my friend? Doing well, man. How are you? Good, good. It's fun to get a little early recording here on a Monday. Knockout DraftKings dropped their prices early so we can get everything put together in the models or what we think is going to be put together in the models. All right. Um, lots of fun stuff there. But before we get to Sony, let's talk Sentry. Let's talk, you know, Morikawa bogey free until like what was it, the 12th hole, maybe 13th, 14th, hole? 14th hole. And then it went bogey, 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 kaboom. So, yeah. uh, what do you think about that? Like, it's, it's weird because like there's the fall of Morikawa, even though we saw great golf, and then there's just John Rahm being John Rahm. Right. So, what do you? How, how would what would you take away from the weekend? Yeah, I mean, to me, it was more of a, a collapse than. I mean, I, you know, Rom shoots sixty three, which sixty three is very possible at that golf course. I think there were uh, at a least one other on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's and, and like Cam Young shoots sixty four on Sunday. It's not like sixty three is like, you know, it's not like he's playing Augusta shoot sixty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it took for me. It was just Colin just collapse i mean he cruised like you said bogey free until the 14th hole on sunday and then hits a thin shot out of the bunker um makes bogey and then 15 is where he really made the huge mistake he hit it right at 15 i watched that afterwards brandel chamley called it his his third shot the hardest shot on the pga tour really? um and it, it the thing is like and i was i've been thinking about this a lot like if you play a lot of golf you're um very serious about it and you're obviously as as good as these guys which i'm nowhere near these guys but when you start working on something you don't have the confidence in that and and like what i heard over the telecast over the few days that i that i watched there obviously he changed his putting did great for the first three days uh, and, and really you know made some putts on on sunday too but he also worked on his chipping like that was his chipping and basically his short game was his uh bugaboo last year um because the ball striking is there for him he's great off the tee great maybe one of the best iron players in the world um but you work on that that chipping you just don't have the confidence to hit that that difficult fucking chip shot when all the pressure is on um yeah so it was uh just a an epic collapse but it's it's golf i mean like it is what it is he was nine shots up after ron played his first hole mm-hmm. and ends up losing by two it's just rough. I mean, it's just I don't know what else to say about it. And like they showed, I didn't watch all the interviews. I saw like a clip on Twitter, and he was getting interviewed because you know that's what you have to do. Because unlike other sports or referees, you actually have to show up to the mic regardless of what you do. And they basically the question was, "How are you feeling?" Calm. Our colleague goes, "Sadness." I'm like, "Yeah, you got to feel for the dude." Because like, it's not even the money. It's more like he's been last year was so bad for him compared to what he's used to. Right. To be able to come out the gate. With the changes he just made, which we talked about on the last show, new driver, he you know he took all the, the short game lessons. That's a lot going on in your head when, yep. you, when your first competitive event back. That's a lot. Like if you and I were to get like a new wedge, our first round we'd be 
second guessing every shot we hit. Like these right. guys are like, it's, it's crazy. And um, to go out there and just kind of just cruise, just cruise, look like the calling of old, then to kind of fall apart and just watch it unravel. It's, it's a tough one given he's, he's a beast. I'm not like too worried about it, but I'd, I'd like to see him playing this weekend, get back on the horse, but he's not. And um, we'll see how that goes. He's a pro. I'm not. But um, it was tough to see. Rom was Rom. Like I saw a bunch of tweets. I, like what he's done in his last five events between DP World Tour and PGA or second place or better. Like the dude. We talked about it last week. Like if you play John Rom, if you think the best player in the world shows up with his A game, because he's going to beat everybody. That's just what he does, and he did it. And I was thinking like midway through Sunday before he made his real charge, because he even said it was like on the ninth hole when he birdied it. He felt like okay, now I can get a streak going or something. Um, he felt like it was just like a quiet, he's like all of a sudden he's in fourth place, which is a quiet top five Rom finish. Like didn't really hear much about him and boom, makes his charge, does his thing. It was pretty nasty. But uh, what other takeaways, if you have any, like Homa played good, Hoagie did his thing. He's flying on, as we speak, he's probably already landed in LA. He's going to the, the title game, then flying back to the Sony. Um, he's got the PJ going. Don't you worry. I guess the title um, game's in LA, right? Yeah, it's in LA. So that it's not that sense. bad. And, you yeah. know, he has made, he made still, like it's eight, like a three or four hour flight, isn't it? He made like eight hundred thousand uh, dollars over the weekend, so um, he, he's going to PJ it back and forth. I mean, and I don't uh, blame him. I'm just... I don't either. <laughs> when it's TCU, no offense to TCU, they're fun to watch. When are they actually going to, you know? Well, with the expanded playoffs, actually, you never know now. That's but true. Uh, for, for years, they kind of just got always, always got screwed out of any chance, and so that's a big thing. Like, any other takeaways? Because there was a lot of great golf. Homa on Saturday playing with JT was just fun to watch. Two buddies playing golf. Plus, Homa played well. Uh, there was a lot of up and downs throughout the whole week, and you can kind of hit on if you want. Yeah, uh, JJ Spawn was another kind of surprise mm-hmm. guy. You you talked about a little bit uh, about Luke List before we we came on. Another guy who was up there, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I mean, we, dude, he I, all weekend. Yeah, I remember you mentioning him, him, and just kind of like I don't remember exactly, but we talked about him a little bit on the show last week, and I was nowhere near picking him. But I mean, it just proves like kind of this golf course in particular doesn't necessarily you don't have to necessarily bomb it in order to be successful there. Um, and uh, Spieth had some, you know, had, had a good showing for a little while. He was up there. Uh, otherwise, I mean, pretty run of the mill kind of standard, what you would expect. A lot of these new guys uh, down at the bottom and Xander withdrew. So that was rough. If you if, played if him. You, if you played Xander, you kind of should have known better. Like there was a ton was, of reports yeah. about how bad yeah. his back was. He wanted an MRI. Like, like even before he started round one, he said he was playing with like a three quarter swing. Right. He ain't making it four rounds on the one. What a, what a caddy came out and said was the toughest course to walk in golf. Right. I mean, it's like, very, it's, very fucking happening. hilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't happening. If you played him, you know, that's called tournament leverage, I guess, if you want. But there's a, there's a different t- tournament leverage and just uh, <laughs> full YOLO. Right. <laughs> there's a right. difference. Um, so that's something to think about. And the only other thing I'd mention, because we could pick it all apart, as you mentioned, but. JT kind of had a, a weird week, really weird week. Uh, a lot of ups and downs for JT to finish where he finished, but I have no concerns about that man either. So and being super high owned, I mean, like I didn't expect him to be that high owned. Uh, in hindsight, obviously, it with Rom being less owned than what what was projected. I mean, that's just the way that it goes quite often, though. Um, you know these these projection sites are good at uh, getting it in a, into a certain range, but. Like when you when you actually play the people, like everybody's listening to stuff saying, "Oh, this guy's going to be high owned all week." So it's just one of those things where, well, get back in the groove here with golf. Got to remember, 
And it's like, you know, you play in the Mayo and whoever Mayo talks about are always like those ownerships always so different from like the three dollar right. twenty max compared to even junkies because they've been listening to us, Mayo, whatever. And you can see different ownerships. Like you can totally see it's the listenership, as you're saying, or whoever's reading the content and so on and so forth. Right. So kind of know your target demo. I know like Dyer talks about that in our chat. Um, Dom joined us. We missed Dom. He said JT and Cantley highly disappointed to start to 2023. Um, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it was fun to get back in there. It was a great weekend until Morikawa's collapsed, but still great late-night golf. We're going to get it again this week, which is pretty awesome. So let's just get into it. Sony Open, it's been a staple on the tour for quite some time now, Jesse. So as I do this in the proper order this week, could you give us some uh, past event history, please? Yeah, uh, so last year, Hideki Matsuyama hit the the three-wood of his life. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like it was forever ago, though. Um, uh, he won in a playoff over Russell Henley at 23-under. Kevin Nall was the 2021 champion, 21 under, one shot over Kirk and Neiman. Cam Smith won in 2020, 11 under. Playoff over uh, Brendan Steele. 2019 was Kucher, 22 under, four shots over Put- Putnam. Uh, Kazire won in 2018, 17 under, playoff over Hahn. JT <clears throat> shot the tournament record, and uh, I think he shot 59 one round um, at this course in 2017. Uh, 27 under. Uh, seven shots over uh, Rose and Henley's won this in the past. And I think that's Palmer as well. I don't know if he's in the field this week. I would think he would be yes, he is. ZJ he is. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, past, past champions that really all that really matters. Yeah. And uh, something we mentioned last week, kind of a preview for this week is playing the century usually has great results for this week. And Justin Ray always puts out awesome data. Um, eight, of the, eight of the last nine winners at the Sony played the previous week of the century. Keep that in mind. Of the 51 players the last two years to tee it up in the Century and the Sony, uh, 42 of those of 51, 82% went on to make the cut this week. So that's something to think about. Like, If you have a chance of 80% or more potentially making the cut this week, that's a nice uh, – if you have to flip a coin and differ between two people, right? that's a, that's a good breaking point. It's, like, it's not a must by any means, especially like we use a lot of these trends, but – the level of talent on golf these days, like I, I kind of, we talked about with Tom Kim last week. I wasn't worried about a first timer there. The dude's like playing everything well. Kind of similar this week. It, it'll be a definite like thing I look at, but is it going to be an end all be all like it might have been like two, three years ago? Probably not. So something to keep in mind there. But I know we will reference it a lot because it is a very viable situation when you, when you, when you take a look at that. And the stats go deeper. It's like 17 of the last 24 winners, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a very good correlation. Let's put it that way. And that'll take us to the Wiley Country Club. It is a par 70, a little less, a little over 7,000 yards. So small course, only two par fives, both very gettable par fives and two. You need to take advantage of these. Birdies are better for sure on this hole. Need these two holes or you're in, in big trouble. Uh, 10 par fours um, or 12 par fours, sorry. 10 of them are between four and 450. So you want to um, attack that range if you're looking into something along that line. A lot of dog legs, a lot of narrow fairways, complete opposite of last week. It is on the coast, so watch the weather. The, uh, it's Bermuda pretty much throughout the greens and everything. Not super fast because, you know, ocean courses don't have the fastest of greens because it'll fly off if it's windy. Um, one thing to keep in mind, I was reading, usually the rough is like it's a little trouble, you know, two, two, two and a quarter inches. They've grown it out to three inches this week. So that is thick. That is very thick, folks. So um, that'll make a big, you know, some people might not say three quarters matters. It does. So um, it's, it's definitely going to make a big difference in that regard. Fairways are key. Driving distance is not a big deal. It's a short course. It's all. It's not. It's a shock makers course, which is fun. Completely different than last week. So hit your fairways. Decent approach game. Might have to be good around the green. 
Um, par is a good score on some of these holes. You're not going to see a massive scores like we did last week. And uh, it's going to turn into a putting contest. I think I read somewhere that like, this is one of the top three courses yearly um, in strokes game putting to the winner. It was like 48% increased last year. So like some crazy number in uh, of how important that stat was compared to all other stats in golf that week. So it's a, it's a putting contest in the end, but you still got to get there. And that's where you're going to want to look at driving accuracy, good approach game, decent around the green, just to say par from time to time. The par four scoring that I mentioned, par five is kind of where I'm looking at on this course. Uh, what kind of things are you looking at this week, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, it's really similar to what you, you know you just kind of said there. I mean, obviously, it's typically a birdie fest with kind of that one outlier being that 11 under uh, Cam Smith win in 2020. I think that was probably weather-related. But otherwise, they're going to get to the high mid-teens um, or, you know, to 20 under par at least to, to win this. So you got to have birdie or better percentage. Um, and then, like you said, it is it's, it's a lot of kind of less than driver off the tee. Um but greens and regulation, um, plenty of course history. I weight that, you know, pretty heavily. Yeah, and that, that when we start talking picks here in a second, I I highlighted certain guys in my model because again, like similar to last week, the models were still you know just one really event in. So I always use last twenty four rounds. It'll, it'll give me an idea. Obviously, when Tom Kim's my number one ranked golfer, makes sense. Yeah. But uh, there's going to be some other guys you kind of scratch your head. But then you look at past event history, even recent results, just because the season went so late, kind of get a, a, a feel for things here. But yeah, past events going to be very huge, as we mentioned. All right, Jesse, let's get at it. DraftKings picks for the week here, 10K and above. You got Tommy Kim at 10.5, the highest-priced golfer in the field. Uh, Sung JM at 10.3, Hideki at 10.1, and Jordan Spieth at 10,000. Jordan Spieth is the highest-ranked OWGR golfer in this field, but he's the fourth-priced golfer on DraftKings. How do you like these four golfers? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, pick your poison up here. I mean, obviously, Tom Kim, it's – it that that price is hard to stomach um just because we we haven't ever seen him as the highest price golfer in a field at least not like a, a legitimate field that i remember anyways um but the 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 form is there so i think he's fine sung jay another guy who's played here four times miscut 56th 21st 16th in those four starts so not, i mean not really great finishes i think he's fine Hideki, obviously defending champion, but Jordan Spieth is who I would be the pivot off of Tom Kim if it's me. Um, you know, finished 13th last week. That's fine. He, he flashed some some good form, I feel like, and I, and, and I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, and in his course history, miscut in 2019, 18th, third miscut. So those are the, the, four, the three years previous to 2019. So he's been around here a few times. This is that third-place finish. Um, so Jordan is my my kind of pivot off of Tom Kim, but it's just hard not to play, you know, Tom Kim. I like Tom Kim quite a bit. I don't have to elaborate that at all. It's just if you were to see my model, it's pretty much top five on most categories I have highlighted here, with a few exceptions. So the boy playing great golf. Yeah. Uh, so no problem with that at all. The guys I like, I love the speed call. It's weird because this is why, again, you know, 80th of my model has been horrible, fairways gain, whatever, but – I love the way he played last week. I like the way he finished last season overall. There was a lot of good things to look at with Spieth. Um, recent history, hasn't played this in a while. But um, it's it's a guy I've been liking a lot last season. I'm going to keep carrying that into this season. He's a, a guy that can play a course like this very well. When he gets going, you want to talk about a hot putter, one of the best putters on tour, like when he really gets comfortable. So I don't mind a Spieth call at all. The one I'll mention, though, is Hideki. I said it last week. kind of wish I stuck with it a little more because he came in super low owned in that range. But, uh, you know, defending champion takes some merit there. We know he's one of the best approach players in golf when he's locked in. 
you talk about tournament history first 19th 12th 51st so four for four on cuts the last four years uh, that's pretty pretty good as well so he'd be a guy i wouldn't mind going to as well off the tom kim if uh somehow spieth also gets some some love which i think he should at 10k um, so I think Hideki is another guy to look at. It's just a weekly. It seems like it's a almost a, a weekly deal when Hideki is in a field and he's priced high. He seems to always get overlooked compared to the other guys around him. Always does. Yeah. And when it's an approach fest, if he's on, and that's a big if because he's had the back issues, but he had the whole off season. It looks like he was fine last week. One of the best approach players we've seen in a long time. So I'll take the guy that won here last year that might be getting comfortable again, playing some good golf. Um, I'll take Hideki as a nice pivot as well in that range. All right, 9,000. We got Tom Hoagie at 99, Russell Henley at 98, Harmon 97, Connors 96, Horschel 95, Keegan 93, McNeely 91, and Taylor Montgomery up to $9,000. Another fun name from the swing season. What do you like in this 9K range? Uh, for me, it starts with, uh, with Henley at 9,800. Second place finish here last year, 11th the year before that. Um, and then obviously played last week, finished 30th, which is out of 40 golfers, not great, but. Um, has a win in the last couple months uh, in that fall sw- in that fall swing. Uh, Corey Connors has really good course history: eleventh, twelfth, and thirty ninth in his last three starts. He played here last year, twenty twenty, and then twenty eighteen. So um, solid there, and then played last week, finished basically middle of the pack, eighteenth. Uh, uh, he's a ball striker, so if, he, if the putter gets hot with him, I like his chances. Um, Mav McNeely's another guy, uh, ninety one hundred. 27th year last year, um, coming off a, a solid swing or fall season, uh, where he had, uh, you know, some, uh, some really good starts as far as finishing inside the top 20 and then Taylor Montgomery, um, you know, never played here, but, uh, another guy who had some good form during the fall, the fall swing. So the model likes him for that reason. And I think he's fun. Um, I forgot to mention, sorry, that, uh, another thing for the Hideki Matsuyama club that I'm on. Justin Ray's, he only had two tweets for this event so far earlier today. And the second one was on Hideki. Um, scoring average ranks from the PGA Tour since the beginning of 2017 and 18. Uh, he's overall 16th, just in general, scoring-wise. But you put him on courses that are under 7,100 yards, a.k.a. <clears throat> this course, he's third in all the PGA Tour since 2017 and 18. He loves these small courses because, again, it's a shot maker's approach right. course. I guess right. is what he does when he's locked in. And a lot of that might have been during his like, you know, hot phase, like when he was really crushing things. So I want to preface that, but that stood out as well for Hideki that, Hey, we know golfers have types of courses. They like for sure. This could be be one of them. Uh, But back to the nine K range. Hoagie intrigues me. Not sure how the hangover is going to be come Tuesday, but uh, it's a lot of fucking travel. That's a lot of travel, but uh, bright side. He'll gain a few hours of sleep going back to Hawaii. That's a plus. I mean, I would assume he'd catch a red eye after the game tonight, right? Yeah, he's going to probably hop on the PJ and come on back. He'll probably land before midnight in Hawaii. Um, but the thing with him is he's one of the better approach players, especially mid to long iron players on the tour these days. Uh, a lot of birdie chances, second DK scoring over the last 24 rounds. So he's a guy I, I'm intrigued by. I don't know if I can go there, but I'm very intrigued by it. I like the Henley calls you mentioned. He's one of the best in fairways game in this field. And one of the best in the, the approach game from 125 to 150. So that's good too. What's interesting for a putting contest like we talked about, Corey Connors rates out well here, like you said, plays well here. So go figure. Yep. <laughs> it's just one of those things. But, you know, he's sixth in my model just in general. He finished the season up. And you mentioned his, his tournament history is outstanding. So I think Connors is a really strong pull. For those that are thinking about playing Billy Ho, don't play Billy Ho. There's a lot of stuff out there on Twitter, like Tambo 
posted a, a, a article or a quote from somebody that Billy Ho said he's likely pulling out and going back to train for get ready for the waste management open. So uh, keep that in mind. If you feel like playing Billy Ho, don't. Um, other than that, though, Keegan's always interesting, but I love Mad McNeely in this field at 9,100 bucks. You mentioned uh, his, his 27th place finisher last year. He plays great on shorter courses, especially shorter ocean courses. This is a, a jam for Mad McNeely. So I think it's a really, really good spot here for him. Finish the season strong, 27th in Houston, 10th at the W uh, Worldwide Technology, 18th at the CJ Cup. Playing some strong golf like we know Mav can. And eventually, we've talked about it for at least a year now, he's going to break through eventually. It's coming. I don't know if it's this weekend. It's, it's like early in the season to, to break through. But I think Mav at 91 is very, very strong as well. So fun range here. Could be some nice, you know, we talk about it a lot. Skip the 10K range and two or three pack the nine. It's tough to skip this 10K range, but it's definite options in this 9K range that makes it a little more appealing. 8K range now. Cage Lee coming off a nice week at 8,700 bucks. Scott at 86, just kind of he seemed like he got it on a run, and then he bogey bogey or something. It was crazy. 86. Uh, Cam Davis 85. Spawn 84. Mitchell 83. C. Wu Kim 82. Bez at 81, and Andrew Putnam 8,000. Well, Grio at 8,000. So, what do you like in this range? Uh, start with uh, with. KH Lee at 8,700. I mentioned him last week, and I don't know. He just plays well in Birdie Fest. Finished seventh last week. Um, had a solid fall swing as well. Has played here four times, made the cut twice. Finished 48th last year and 19th the year before that. Uh, Cam Davis, like he's a guy that you don't expect to play well at a place where it's not like just bombing out there and, and gouge it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does have some really good success around this course 27th last year 31st the year before and ninth in 2020 did miss the cut in 2019 um but i i feel like a lot of people just consider him a bomber and so they they kind of glance over him at these types of events but he actually plays well pretty well here i kind of want to click on jj spawn but (laughs) the course history is not good um i will say that you know obviously he's probably playing the best golf of his life right now i mean come off the top five and one of the best fields of the year at the tournament champions. Um, so if you want to just completely ignore course history and play him, I wouldn't argue against it. Uh, 8,100 Bezenhut 17th year last year. Uh, another guy played a lot of false or has been playing over on the European tour, but also played some false swing events um, on, on the PJ tour and, and has a couple top fives in his last three starts. So that's, that's pretty solid. And then Putnam, um, he's played here enough. Uh, good fall swing, 27th year last year, miscut the year before that, but does have a second-place finish in 2019. So the uh, the course history is there for him as well. Yeah, it's a fun range, especially this is where you can start to diversify if you want to take some chalk early. Like KH Lee coming off a really strong week um, where he finished um, 77 when all things were said and done. And we know it's a, this is a resort course technically, and he actually loves those resort courses where you can get it going. And he finished 48th and 19th here the last two seasons. So I think he's a fun one because I think a lot of people might go Taylor Montgomery at 9K or drop down. Love the Cam Davis call. I've always loved playing Cam Davis. You mentioned the last three years how he's played here. If you look back, I, I, I should have had this ready, but I remember from other events on the fall swing, he plays these shorter shot maker courses very, very well. Very, very well, as you mentioned. He's not just a bomber. And one reason that kind of stood out to me is looking at his stats while you were talking, like over the last 24 rounds, he's 124th in 144-person field right now in fairways gained. He can bomb the ball. He's not accurate with it. So this puts his driver away potentially. 
and that helps him because I can't remember what tournament we were watching. It was like a lot of three woods off the tee, and he just lace it like two eighty ish, three hundred or something because he got the bomb still with it, right? And he he'd hit his approach shots in because once you take his fairways away, he's tenth in D, uh, DK scoring. He's um proximity one seventy five. He's tenth. Uh, he's he's just really good. He's like at least top forty in like every proximity stat, so he can compete, give himself chances at birdies, and if he gets hot with the putter, I like it a lot. So I think it really shows that yes, he can bomb the crap out of a ball. But it's accuracy is an issue with him. That's what gets him in trouble. Well, he doesn't need to at this golf course. So that's tremendous. So Cam Davis, 85, I like quite a bit. Uh, that's another reason why Keith Mitchell does really well here. He's got really good history here. Eighth, first, he loves Bermuda. We know that with Killer Keith. But 7th, 14th, missed cut, 16th, 25th, the last four years. T25 or better in four of the last five years. That's pretty darn good for Keith Mitchell at uh, 8,300 bucks. He writes really well. He finished the season very strong. So I like that. Siwoo Kim. Yeah, he's going to get me again. Siwoo Kim, um, 55th, 25th, miscut 58th, those last four appearances here. Um, he, he finished the season playing really, really good golf. So I think that's interesting. And then I love Sebez all the time because like, he's just a good, pure striker. Don't mind the Putnam call. But I think uh, that Siwoo, Keith Mitchell area could be different as well as KH Lee potentially. But love the Cam Davis shot. I think there's a lot to putting the driver away. There's a lot to it because I even know as a guy that slices my driver, certain days you say, screw it, we're taking shorter distance and we're going three wood and we're going to call it good. And it makes it <laughs> at least you can play bogey golf that way. Right. <laughs> Life right. is good. So he can probably do a lot better than I can. Uh, 75 to 79, we've got Denny McCarthy, Matt Kuchar, Harris English, Alex Smalley, JT Poston, Kurt Kitayama, Hayden Buckley, Will Gordon, Gary Woodland with his new clubs. Uh, I think he went to Cobra off of Wilson, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Svensson, Nick Hardy. What do you like in this range? Um, Denny McCarthy at 7,900, 48th here last year. Hasn't missed a cut since the Wyndham all the way back in, in August. Um, Hayden Buckley finished 12th here last year and had a um, a bunch of solid starts during the the fall swing there as a top five at the Zozo um, and, and a few other you know good good finishes for him. Will Gordon, two straight missed cuts here. That's – he has – that's 2021. He didn't play here last year, but he did miss the cut in both of his starts. I, I do feel like it's kind of like a JJ Spawn situation. Obviously, JJ Spawn's a better golfer, but or is playing better golf right now. That I'm willing to throw out some course history there and just kind of go off of current form, which isn't really current form, but either way. Uh, Svensson, he finished, I think, last, last week, no. but he played. Um, and has good course history. Seventh year last year, 43rd in his 2019 start. So I think going back to Svensson, I think this is an underprice on him for for somebody who, you know, made the tournament champions. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good call as well. Um, I'm on McCarthy at 700 bucks. everything you echoed there. I think Alex Smalley at 78 uh, could be interesting. A really nice fall swing from Smalley as he uh, went T5 at the RSM, T4 at Houston Open, T11 at the Bermuda. 52nd to CJ. So really good fall swing to get that confidence up. Missed the cut here in his only appearance last year. Don't mind going back to him, potentially at lower ownership. Hayden Buckley, Will Gordon, I like both of those as well for mention, for reasons you mentioned also. And Svensson might be one of my favorites, uh, $7,500. Yeah, he played last week, finished 37th with Stinks, as you mentioned. But T7 here last year, T43 back in 19. So two for two in his two appearances here uh, is something to keep in mind as well. The one guy I want to ask you about, because we didn't mention him, but I know he'll get asked about a lot. What do you think of Mackenzie Hughes? 21st last week, miscut the RSM. Um, and he's like two for four in the last four years here. Yeah, I think he's fine. He actually was kind of up toward the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. yeah, and just had a terrible 
um, Friday round and then bounced back really well on Sunday. So, I mean, basically 66, 74, 71, 65 last week. If you just do a little bit better, he's going to finish inside the top 15 at least on those, you know, Friday, Saturday rounds. I I, I think he is definitely playable. I mean, yeah. he's, he's kind of in that range, like in the same uh, – uh, he's he's similar to Svensson in that he played last week and is probably underpriced based on that. Yep, yep. That's why I just wanted to bring him up because we know he's he actually can win. So that uh, if he can figure out the putter, that's be the case for a lot of these guys this week. So right. we'll see how that one plays out. Seven uh, K to seventy four. We got Brendan Todd. If you want to talk about driving accuracy, one of the best on tour. Other than that, it's a roller coaster ride. Uh, Chris Kirk, Aaron Rye, Webb Simpson. Man, how that thing just keeps falling backwards. Grayson Sig, Ben Griffin, Brennan Steele, Pat Kazire, Jaeger, Hahn, Knox, Sue, Merritt, Hubbard. Oh, Hubbard's in here. I missed him earlier. Thompson, Streelman, Lipsky, Palmer, Glover, Kim, Shelton, Reeby. Woo. Didn't think the region was that long, but I read him anyways. What do you got over here? You you usually don't read below 70. I didn't think it was going that far. I had to keep scrolling. I'm like, oh, you doesn't go that far. Yeah. That's all right. We're we're still a little rusty. So Webb Simpson. Um I only have his starts back to 2015 here, but he's not missed a cut since 2015. He's played every year. Uh, for for a little while there, he you know had some. He was inside the top three. So last year he finished 61st, fourth, third, fourth the three years prior to that, and 13th, 13th, 13th the three years before that. So the course history is there now. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think he's worth like playing in GBPs only. Um, I, I still don't condone cash this week just because there's not enough data, in my opinion, to like I said, this guy's a cash cash play. But uh, if you're playing cash, definitely don't play Webb Simpson. However, I, I feel like he's worth a sprinkle if you're playing 20 or 150 lineups. I would uh, I would get him in some. Russell Knox is is similar that his course history is really good. Finished seventh year last year, miscut the year before that, 32nd, 43rd, 10th, 11th. Um, played here a bunch and had a really solid fall swing for him. A couple top uh, 30s uh, to end it, so uh, he's been playing well. Sue, um, you know, he's one of these new guys who has the potential. Um, so is he worth playing this week? You know, Again, GBP only for me, but I think he's worth uh, you know sprinkling in a couple. Glover at 7,000 would be another guy. He finished fifth here last year um and then hasn't missed a cut since the rocket mortgage all the way back in july and then last but not least for me seven thousand is uh i'm just gonna call him sh kim um you know didn't have a good fall swing but he's got the potential uh so at seven thousand bucks i think he's worth you know a stab definitely does i'm gonna start with grayson sig 7300 bucks um last season finished 42nd at this event and he had a really really good fall swing 15th at the rsm 42nd and 11th at the Bermuda. So really good stuff there from Sig. Ben Griffin's another guy I was riding forever. He was like 6,200 bucks for a while in the fall swing, up to 73. He's playing really good golf. He can get birdies and bunches. He can get bogeys and bunches too. So let's keep that in mind. That's why he's great at 62. He's never played here for one. But when you look at his, his fall swing, 29th at the, at the RSM, 16th at the Houston, 59th at the WWT, third at the Bermuda. The dude can put up stats for a low price guy. And he can put up a lot of DK scoring. He's fifth in this field over the last 24 rounds in DK scoring. That's what we want down here at 7,300 bucks. Like him, he's fifth and Sig is eighth. So if you want just scores down here, you got to make the cut still. But if they make the cut, they're going to put up a lot of DK points for you. So something to keep in mind. The Jaeger bombs at 72. Interesting. Uh, you know, we talked about the Corn Ferry. He graduated. 
pretty decent fall swing. So he's a guy I don't mind. Knox, I have highlighted for sure for everything you mentioned. Um, I Hubbard, I'm going to look into him more. His fall swing ended horribly. A DQ, I remember that one. He just said, screw it, I'm out. Um, he like he he played with a different club. He basically pulled a different club out, said, I know I'm out. Yeah. I got no one to miss the cut. Someone tried to try out a new club. And they bounced him. I respect it. Yeah. I respect it. Um, this two cuts prior. I know he, um, but he was playing really good golf up till then. It doesn't have great history here, but again, a guy that can score in bunches if he gets going. Uh keep him in mind. That's about all I have for now. I like your SH Kim call, though. He was a guy we were high on on the on the fall swing and a dude that can um really get it going not the best fall swing we could hope for but a guy that can definitely get it going as well all right i'll do it the right way now 6k range who do you like um <laughs> stewart sink 6900 course history is good it's just a matter of how's he playing right now and i, I don't know um scott piercy another guy like he's completely boomer bust but the course history is decent enough for me to to say that like a sprinkle or two would 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 work um, he's played here a bunch, and he did miss the cut in 2021, which was his last start. But before that, he had made the cut in every year since 2015. So, solid course history. I, it's hard for me to click on any other names down here. I, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, you tell me. I like I'll to make well. arguments for guys in here, so I will. I'm, I know you. I know you do, and, and you actually do a good job of it. So I'll just <laughs> well, defer to you. This, this is where I really like the course history narrative because yeah. most of these guys down here, they're down here for a reason. Boom right. or bust for sure. So give me some course history. Ryan Armour, four of the five uh, made cuts of late twentieth, thirty second the last two years. Missed cut twenty second, thirty ninth. So not bad for sixty nine hundred bucks. He is a guy that loves short courses. We know that about Ryan Armour. Now, obviously, the uh, current form. Not bad though, 46, 27, 21st. The three straight missed cut or made cuts going into the, the, the winter time. So he's a guy I can get behind. Same with uh, Joseph Bramlett at 6,900 bucks. He's another guy that can go boomer bust for you. Uh, ben Taylor at 68, uh, finished the season uh, really well. Four straight made cuts, 21st, third at the Houston Open, 59th, 57th. So really, really good fall swing with Ben Taylor. Two missed cuts here. So keep that in mind. It's the opposite of what we're looking to do here. But um, a few others, if you just talk about tournament history, uh, Michael Thompson, fifth last year, 25th, 38th, 69th, coming in in very bad form. So pick your poison there. Uh, I'd rather have Ryan Armour if I want the course history narrative, but he does play this course very, very well. And then a couple others, uh, Cole Hammer, the uh, youngster, I believe out of Texas, uh, played on the fall swing, and he played really well. Fifth at the RSM, 27th at the Houston Open. Obviously his first event here, dude's a score, so keep him in mind. I think that's one you can look at. Harry Higgs is another guy, not the best um, uh, event history. When you look at Mr. Higgs, miscut, but 32nd, 57th. We look at the false swing with him, 21st, the RSM, 32nd at the WWT. So he's one. I love Smotherman at 6300 bucks. Hickok, those are a couple cheapies if you want them. But there's a couple guys down here if you want to go crazy with it. Some decent course history, actually. But yeah, like just you said, you don't like want to endorse all these people, but you have options if you have to pick and choose. I can, I'll definitely in my twenty matches, I'll have a little bit of most of those guys I just mentioned at least scattered throughout there to uh to build some big ones this week because it is one hundred and forty four golf for field t sixty five and ties make it to the weekend. So keep that in mind. All right, Jesse, let's recap things. Ten k and above. Who's your number one target? I mean, it's Tom Kim. Yep, I'll go Hideki. I'll go Hideki at ten one. Nine k. Who do you got? Corey Connors. Um, I will go with Mav McNeely. 8K, who do you got? Um, I'm going to say KH Lee. 
I'm going to go Cam Davis. Give me Cam Davis. 75 to 79. Svensson. Um, let's see. I'll be different. Uh, I'll go after. I'll go Alex Smalley. Alex Smalley. Uh, 7K to 74. Russell Knox. I like that one. Give me. Who do I want here? Give me Grayson Sig. Uh, 6K range. God, this is, you can tell the field already by the names I'm throwing out there. Sink. You like Sink? Like armor's not bad, but if, at sixty nine, we want to go a little cheaper. I like I like throwing a dart at Cole Ham or uh, at Cole Hammer. I think that's an interesting one there. Uh, first time here, obviously, but played good in the fall swing. One of the best college golfers out there, so that's kind of interesting to me. Like everyone likes Justin Sue for the same reasons. Cole's a lot cheaper. Let's throw it that way. Um, you don't condone cash this week, so we'll skip that portion till future weeks. But um, if we're looking at GPP, how are you starting out your GPP builds? Um. It, it, I talked about Jordan Spieth being the pivot. I like Jordan Spieth as the pivot off of Tom Kim there. So him uh, and then KH Lee, and I, I like your call on Keith Mitchell. He's got the course history, and you just never know about him. I think he's a good GPP yep. play always or on certain courses. Certain courses, yeah. I'll go Hideki, Cam Davis, and I was going to go Keith Mitchell. So I'll go those three. Leaves your room to go another high guy if you want or go low. Depends on what you're looking for. Throughout their bank, Keith is a easily perfect GPP boy, like all or nothing yeah. with Killer Keith. So that, that's what that's all about. There, I like that quite a bit. All right, let's look at the DraftKings sports book to uh, see the odds. Tom Kim's the heavy favorite at. Do you have it pulled one. up? Yeah. Oh my goodness, Brian Harmon just moved to fourteen to one. He's right yeah. behind Tom Kim. What in the world just happened? I, I was just also I was just gonna make sure that that was correct on my screen because <laughs> what. I pulled it up a minute ago and he was not there. And then they just no, I literally the just odds. updated as I switched back. Well, he to was it. he was eleven to one. Like Tom Kim was eleven to one whenever I pulled this up a few minutes ago, and now he's twelve. And then Brian Harmon is fourteen. Holy crap! People are loving some Harmon. Does play short course as well, but I, whew, fourteen to one. You'll never see a dollar from me on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what do you like in the from everything else? It looks like it might change quite a bit already. Well, I was wanting to do like a look at a Keith two- Mitchell. Sorry, Keith is thirty five. A, a parlay with um with Georgia Moneyline tonight, but they're minus four thirty five, and it doesn't parlay really do with anything. Tom Ogie. Well, if you do with Tom Kim at twelve to one and Georgia, you're only getting from twelve to one to like sixteen to one, so or four fifteen to one. Excuse me. So, so not, it's, a, not a big jump. It's not worth doing that because uh, I mean Georgia could lose. Yep. Uh, Corey Connors twenty five to one. Um, Cam Davis 35 to one. I like that. Uh, you know, spawn at 40. That, that seems a little bit high to me. Um, and then where's Finson? He's 70. Yep. So those would be my choices. I like the Cam Davis. I think Siwoo at 45 has some legs to it as well. Um, yeah, there's some interesting. Like the pricing is way different than the DK pricing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's the one thing that stands out in a big way right now. Um, if I'm going deeper though, like your SH Kim is way, he's got a number here that's way different than his DK pricing. That's uh, pretty bizarre. I just really not any long shots I like. That's the crazy part. I keep scrolling down thinking I wouldn't. It's also not like long shot season. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't, like somebody's not coming off of a. True like something, you know, where they hit the ball really well and couldn't putt, you know. I mean, well, at least most of the field isn't. KH Lee at 35 is interesting. I'll go there. That's another fun one. But 
even Hideki at eighteen to one, I don't hate. Yeah, that's not that's not terrible value. On if you consider the, consider Brian Harmon's fourteen, I'll take Hideki at eighteen. And like, Hideki head- won last year. Yeah, what are the head to heads on these two? Now, now I, I got to go look at this if that's changed at all. Uh, let's see, where's my Brian Harmon head to heads at? Because now we're gonna have some fun with this, and then we'll get out of here. I won't kill anybody else's time. He did he do? Okay, Brian Harmon. Um, oh, you can do group. Uh, no, that's not. I don't want groups. I want actual head to heads. They're not up here yet. Yeah, just go three balls. I mean, that's gonna give you the best. Like uh, Harmon is plus one fifty, and then Connors is one sixty, and then Keegan's two hundred. So yeah, I take Connors in that one probably, and then the other one you got is Harmon. Oh, it's the same one. Yeah, I'd take a. I'd probably take Connor, Connors in that group. Let's put it that way. That's only for yeah, it's for the whole tournament. Okay, Brian Harmon's minus one thirty five to top twenty. Unbelievable! I mean, you can get and I love Brian Harmon to top twenty. I love Brian Harmon, but this is wild. Yeah, like, what just happened? Did I miss something? Somebody <laughs> must have come in with some big money, I guess, on Brian Harmon. I don't know. Is it, isn't he a Georgia Bulldog? Is that what it's all about? He's got the the hype behind him. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know where he's from. I think he's a Georgia dude, but who knows? Who knows? But all right, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, any final thoughts as uh, as our last event in Hawaii before we head to the Amex three golf courses, which we all love next week? <laughs> No, I, I don't, but then we got some good events coming up after yeah. that, including yeah. the Waste Management with the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl in Phoenix. And they redid the scheduling because they actually – usually Pebble comes after Waste. Pebble now is before Waste. They they flipped it, so that way they could line it all up. It will be perfect. Yep. Should be and, a good stretch late, of golf. We got Tory coming up. We'll have the Genesis coming up. We got some really good West Coast golf. Hey, and we're sure. going to have the inside uh, <laughs> scoop on Tory after. I will tell you how to break Sunday. 120 at Tory Pines. <laughs> Don't you worry, folks. I will tell you how to do it. Hopefully. Is hopefully. that the line? Is the line 120? I don't know. I, I haven't played in a while because it's been so freaking wet out here. So I got to. Yeah. I haven't picked up a club in like two and a half, three weeks. It's not going to be good to pick one up for the first time at Tory Pines. I'll take the under. Yeah. Well, I'm usually a bogey golfer, so as long as I just don't completely screw it up, we'll see oh, what happens. There are going to be some holes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to screw some <laughs> shit up. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hey, but at least you're going to have the... Uh, the um, memories? No, the the <laughs> fucking grandstands around the green. Oh, yeah. It's like a hit off of them. Yeah. I just, okay, I'll just, sorry. just blow you, it you right into the, those things. You brought it up. I almost Free draw, you. I, everything. I, I almost texted you the other day, but I didn't. Very first day, Thursday, watching golf. can't remember who hit it. It was Tom Cameron, I think, maybe, or someone else. Just pulls one to the left. Yanks one to the other like grandstands in the other fairway <laughs> and literally the first thing azinger or whoever says well it's a good thing to get relief from that i'm just <laughs> like you've got to be kidding me it's the best man yeah it's just unbelievable unbelievable i mean if stuff. you know if i played 18 i don't know what 18 looks like without the grandstands down the right side yeah. but with those grandstands on the right side i mean i'm obviously not a pj tour player but i'd be aiming way right and just why would you ever miss left right why would you ever miss left <laughs> i mean doesn't make any sense at all, but yep. But we'll get all that good stuff for you and more in the weeks to come. But uh, this should get you ready for Sony for more primetime golf. You get to all enjoy that. If you have any questions, Jesse is on Twitter at DFS Golf Cause the podcast. I always press DFS. We have the Fancy DJs Discord for free. If you want to hop in there, the the junkies guys are hopping in there slowly but surely. And I'm on Twitter at BDN Trick. This was your always pressing PGA DFS podcast. Oh,